0: You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast for and by Rockies fans on Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Affected by Altitude, the rare live stream version. We are live on your computers, cell phones, and other electronical-type devices that display video on YouTube.com. Affected by Altitude, the Colorado Rockies show on Rocky Mountain rooftop, proud part of Fans First Sports Network. It's uh, me, Evan Lang, with Skylar Timmons, and we're here to discuss the 2023 Major League Baseball trade
1: deadline. Woo! Do you think anybody's watching on their Samsung smart refrigerator? I'm sure there's at least one person. I
0: was looking at our metrics the other day, and I'm sure it's probably from, like, VPNs and stuff like that, but it was like, here's where all your viewers are from. Oh, you have... You have like 10 viewers in Germany and a couple in the United Kingdom and one in Thailand
1: and one in New Zealand. And I'm like, Hmm. okay, there we go. It works. Uh, I also put up a little pennant above me to try and combat the glare that comes off my closet door.
0: See, I have to find a way to combat the glare that comes off my closet just blindingly white face in that. Sure. I just spent, you know, two days over the weekend in the sun the entire day. And yet I just, I gained no color whatsoever.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it works.
0: But for those of us, uh, for those of you who are here now, for those of us who are joining us, we're just going to do a little bit of live show here. We are talking about the Colorado Rockies at the trade deadline. Uh, The deadline officially passed about one hour ago. 4 p.m. mountain time and the rockies were actually you know active participants at the deadline something that you know as we talked about on the show that went up uh yesterday morning we really haven't seen them do in in quite some time probably not since 2015 with the uh with the Troy Tulowitzki trade
1: yeah yeah it's a little bit more busy than usual which is good to see and while not as high of a caliber of moves this year as Troy Tulowitzki or something like that. Pretty simple, easy, simple moves that were smart and needed to be made for them old Colorado Rockies.
0: Yeah, I it, it's honestly it's weird. And it, it's funny that it's weird because I said that my my personal over for where I would be happy uh, with the Rockies is if they traded three players And they did that and more, Um, which is, which is honestly surprised to me because he wasn't expecting it because you expect, you think about what this team has done the last couple of years, the deadline, and that's either the bare minimum or nothing at all. And so we get to today and we'd already made several trades uh, pre deadline as it were. And then we rounded it out with a fourth player. So, the, the Rockies this season and going into last offseason, being actually kind of active on the trade market is not something we're really used to in this current iteration of the Colorado Rockies. Um, it was sort of the M.O. for a lot of the late tenure of uh, general manager Jeff Breidich. And, you know, for the first year of Bill Schmidt, we were we expected more of the same because that's sort of what happened, mm-hmm. uh, especially with. Um, you know when we held on to Trevor Story and John Gray, when everyone was was screaming, "No, you need to trade them because they're not coming back." Um, mm-hmm. And John Gray, we you know thought there was maybe a little bit of hope that he'd come back, but we all knew, we all knew that Trevor Story was not coming back. And granted, you know, uh, by giving him the qualifying offer of you know eighteen some million dollars. Uh, and him not accepting it, we get the draft pick that brings us Sterling Thompson. Sterling Thompson's been great currently uh, in the Rockies minor league system. So, you know, in the end, it kind of worked out. But you know, Skylar, how does this sort of color your perception of general uh, manager Bill Schmidt now?
1: Eh, it, the the problem, thing with it is we still have to see results. And we'll get into, we'll recap all these trades that have happened here thus far. Some we already Know about and talked about beforehand, but it's mostly, hey, we, we still need to to see some results of these. And a lot of the guys they've gotten back, they've traded for, it's going to be a while, maybe a, a couple years before we see anything out of them. Uh, whereas the immediate help of him building the Bigley roster at the moment hasn't been great, but it's a good step in the right direction to see them kind of finally you know, shift gears and be like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make some moves at this time, we're gonna get rid of some of these guys that they're not gonna be here. And you know, it's a twofold thing of well, where they is this just sort of a reactionary and this wasn't their plan at all, and they were expecting to be in the midst of a playoff race at the moment, or and so this kind of forced their hand, the injuries and everything, it kind of forced their hand, like, yeah, we gotta punt on things, but For the most part, overall, it's a good step in the right direction of maybe Dick Monfort's not hanging over everybody. Like, hey, man, you got to hold on to these people. You got to think of the money. Think of these people, their family. But instead, it's like, no, we're in a terrible spot right now, and we got to ship off some of these homies and bring in some new guys for the future. Because, Evan, the Rockies need pitching. And they got pitching. Like, that's
0: they very much targeted pitching. At this deadline, Um, in terms of trades where uh, players were involved, um, they made four total trades, resulting in uh, six new pitching prospects coming onto the team. Uh, They also made, and we'll talk about a little bit later, a a small waiver uh, trade with the Los Angeles Dodgers to bring in Justin Bruil, um, another younger pitcher who's only 26 years old. The the Rockies recognized that they needed pitching. They needed to fill out their pitching depth in the minor leagues. And that's what they did. They didn't target any position players. They just went straight for the pitching. And we have, you know, the one trade that they made for a position player so far this season was when we brought in uh, Nolan Jones in the Juan Brito trade back last, uh, last winter. And, you know, Bill Schmidt said that the focus had to be on pitching. And and that is what they indeed focused on. So they brought in now a bunch of different pitchers, um, six total, two of which are were not ranked with their previous organization, but the other four were, um, which is really, really interesting to see because it doesn't mean that we are just getting, you know, scrap parts or whatever is necessarily available. It's a mix of guys the Rockies have scouted and thought they were high on and guys whom
1: their previous organizations were high on as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we might as well just run down the list at this point of what went down, since that's what this whole show is about. <laughs> so back in June, we're going back. We've already talked about this before, but just catching up with everything because it kind of fits in trade deadline season. Mike Moustakis, who we signed for a league minimum. Reds are paying most of his contract. Send him over to the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, you'll notice a theme here between the two teams that the Rockies traded with this year <laughs> for Van VanSkoyek. Uh, he was minor league pitcher and so far so good with uh, old Connor Van Scoyek hasn't been too shabby. He's in double A now, uh, had a rough double A outing. But so far and what little we've seen of him in Rockies organization, Connor Van Scoyek looking like you know, he's, he's a good depth piece to have. So yeah. kind of young, moving up. Uh, Van Scoyek pitched really really solidly for Hayes Spokane
0: um and they decided to move him up because he was you know expected to be at double A at some point this year and they made that move but with Hayes Spokane uh ERA of 3.33 over four starts uh struck out 22 and walked just five and only gave a one home run that's super solid and you know he he did struggle in his first outing as a Hartford Yard Goat but that jump from from high A to double A is one of the hardest jumps in minor league baseball in terms of the level of competition and difficulty there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so uh, we'll get more time with him on that. Uh, But we've gone in depth about him quite a bit in the past, but a good solid piece for Mike Moustakis of all people, who's now pretty much the starting third baseman for the angels of all places and not doing too shabby for him. So happy for Moose there. And then we wait until no, most recently, just like last week or so, of Pierce Johnson, who was our closer, gets traded over to the to the Atlanta Braves for Victor Victor Vodnik, uh, Victor Vodnik and Tanner Gordon. That's his name, right? Yes, <laughs> I'm I'm just going to continue to forget his name, uh, Victor Vodnik, Tanner Gordon. Pretty highly, no, pretty decent prospects in that in the brave system surprising. We got that for Pierce Johnson, but you get a top 10 guy, another top 30 guy and Victor Vodnik and Tanner Gordon, both of which not too shabby so far. They're in the lower levels of the minor league system. And we just recently even talked about them on this week's episode of affected by altitude that dropped Monday.
0: Yeah, you can get a little bit more information on the uh, Pierce Johnson trade, either in the solo episode that Skyler did uh, last late last week when the trade actually went down, and then you know, our episode that went up uh, yesterday, uh, Monday this week. Um, so, not a whole lot more to say on that, other than, you know, Pierce Johnson had good stuff, just stuff that isn't really a good fit for this organization and, and pitching at altitude. And in return for his services, we got two top 30 prospects from the Braves uh, in Vodnik and Gordon. Uh, Vodnik currently sits at number 22 after some of the other trades. Um, I believe he was sitting at a, as high as like 19 or 18 um, before some of these other trades came through. And then Tanner Gordon is currently unranked in our system. That doesn't mean that he's not a good prospect. However, it just means that you know our system is actually pretty deep right now all things considered that he's just not a top 30 on there Mm -hmm. um so pierce johnson in change in exchange for uh two guys who are both going to start in double a hartford and vodnik and gordon um
1: vodnik being a reliever and gordon being a starter yeah not too shabby all right now we get into the stuff we haven't talked about yet evan uh, because the rockies like to do stuff right after we record episodes It's a running gag, especially now that we've stopped. We're not recording on Sundays, usually now. So they decide to do stuff when we don't record. Uh, But another trade with the Angels, and this was probably the big one. This is the big one of the whole trade deadline, is sending CJ Krohn and Randall Gritchick, plus a little $2 million in cheddar cheese, over to the Angels for uh, Jake Madden and Mason Albright, a couple of minor league pitcher prospects, Uh, Again, sign the same thing with Pierce Johnson. One was the top 10. The other one's like in the top 30 uh, in Jake Mann and Mason Albright. But this was a huge trade. Seemed really surprising that they got packaged together and sent over to the Angels late after. what Was it on Sunday? Um, Saturday or Sunday? Yeah,
0: it was Sunday. It was a was Sunday. Sunday night, yeah. It was Sunday yeah. night, and it it really was a a surprise because, but it, it makes sense. We we for we both said that the Angels made sense as a destination for for both Gritchick and Crone, and it really worked out, especially because they've had a lot of injuries uh, recently. I believe uh, Jared Walsh, who took a um, took a pitch to the face and has some facial fractures. Taylor has- Ward. Taylor Ward. Jared Walsh is the one that the Angels traded to the Phillies. Uh, he got DFA'd and now he's in the minors. Interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> um, yeah, so Taylor Ward gets hit in the face with a pitch. Um, and now all of a sudden they have a, a pressing need for a first baseman. Yeah. And CJ Crone just happens to fit that build. Combine that with Randall Gritchick, because you always need good outfield help and a good uh good hitter like Gritchick. And um, I really like this trade. We've seen a lot of on social media of the tired old oh, the Rockies are trading away all their best players, but it's so important to recognize, and I, I've had I had to talk with multiple people about this today, how important it is to realize that this is exactly what the Rockies needed to do. You have two guys on expiring contracts. They will likely not be back next year, and it's very unlikely that they'd be given the QO because if you give them that QO, they're probably going to take it because it would represent some of the most money they've made in their careers. Mm -hmm. In exchange, you get, prospects pitching prospects that while they're not an immediate value they are a future value to the team and these are these are good prospects too we'll talk about them in a second and then in addition I I saw some people who were upset that the Rockies sent you know the the, the cash considerations the two million dollars to the Angels because I know that, that was that was a sore spot for the Nolan Aranato trade uh, to that I say one at least we're not the New York Mets who <laughs> are paying like it's something like a hundred and million uh, of players that are no longer on their payroll and it's higher than I have to remember what that tweet said. It's higher than the payroll of like 13 different major league organizations Mm -hmm. that they are paying for players that they traded away. And two, $2 million is chump change in the MLB world. That's nothing. That's basically two guys on vet minimum. That's bread. Yeah. And it allows us to sweeten the pot a little bit and potentially get a better prospect. And without that $2 million, I don't think we get uh, Jake Madden who was the, the top ranked prospect in this trade. Uh, Jake Madden was the number eight organizational prospect in Los Angeles for the angels. Uh, he's sitting, let's see where he's at right now. in our list, they put him at number 20 coming over to our list. I like Jake Madden a lot. Uh, he was, yeah, Will Will Carpenter says the Mets sent $55 million to Texas. Like, it's insane how much money the Mets have paid. And I get it that, it, you know, Papa Cohen has the money to burn on that, but what a, what a year it's been for, for the Mets. My goodness. Um, I really, really, I've been going through and I've been talking with some Angels fans of like, um, talking about more major league ready or closer like double AA, a triple a uh players that we could get and the person i was talking to was like uh no i don't want to send anybody uh higher than high a and i'm like well all right what about jake madden and jake madden ended up being part of this trade which is really funny to me uh mm-hmm. the big thing about madden is he's a he's a big guy with a big fastball he's uh six foot six And has a 60 grade fastball that can regularly reach 98 miles per
1: hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and that's been a theme we've talked about before. Just the Rockies approach to pitching now, uh, they've kind of been slowly trying to stockpile guys that can throw a little bit of gas. You know, they can fire that stinky cheese up in the zone and blow up past guys, which something they haven't done. They've been trying to replicate, (laughs) reincarnate Aaron Cook for the past 10 years or something like that. And so it's been a lot of, you know, a lot of these guys are strike throwers. There's some good velocity on a lot of guys. Maybe they need to wrangle in some of that control. So they stop walking as many, but there's a lot of promise and upside with you no know, guys like Jake Madden, who they're working with. Mason Albright was another one where he's having you know, some issues here and there. And they've worked with him to adjust some mechanics and you no, know, the angels worked with him to adjust some mechanics And he's still zipping in there. Not as hard as Madden, but he's still nice and some nice delivery and some nice potential there. No, to be a solid starter or guys that can fit in long relief, something like that. It's good to just see them like we talked about in like weeks past. They're just not trying to cookie cutter everybody, but now trying to diversify, diversify that portfolio, which is isn't that something about like business and stocks, (laughs) stonks? Dick Monfort loves business. Yeah, he
0: knows business. Uh, but Mason Albright, the other pitcher in the Grichuk-Crone trade, is a, is a lefty who was ranked uh, number twenty-eight in the Angels organization. He moves up to number twenty-one for us here in the Rockies organization. And you know his fastball is not quite as as good as um, as Jake Madden's, but then he's got the the other arsenal of pitch. He's got a fifty-grade curveball, a fifty-grade cutter. A fifty grade changeup, and he's got a little bit better command overall than Madden. Um, Madden, ha- Madden, on the other hand, then has a, f- a fifty grade slider. So there are two very different pitchers mm-hmm. um, that uh, another interesting fact have both already had uh, Tommy John surgery. So ideally,
1: they won't need it again. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're like that. My old nineteen eighty six Cadillac DeVille. That sure it had some miles on it, but also it was as old, but it had the. It had a new engine that had just barely been put into it not that long ago. Uh, ultimately, it was a pothole that killed my radiator, and that killed the car. But it wasn't the engine. So the arm may be fine. It might be something else, but we won't think about that. Yeah, knock on wood. About Don't that. drive over potholes. <laughs> but on the other hand here, Evan, just shifting it back to CJ Crone and, uh, and Randall Gritchick, how cool it is for them to go back to the organizations that they were originally drafted by and uh, to see them immediately contribute there on Monday. Uh, Randall Gritchik made his angels debut after 14 years. He finally made his angels debut <laughs> with the angels hits a home run. CJ Crone had an RBI single really helped the, the, the angels win that game on Monday. And so just really cool to see them you now immediately have an impact makes you feel good like yeah they had value in some way shape or form and hey they get to chase down a playoff spot with Shohei Otani the best player on the planet right now
0: yeah it's watching I I, I was a little conflicted because it is sad to see him go I both really like uh, Randall Kritchik and CJ Krohn, Um but to watch them immediately make a difference with an Angels team that's that's hunting for the playoffs with Shohei Otani is is really cool because that's it's just not an opportunity that you're going to get here right now. This team is not a playoff chasing team. And that that ties back into what I was mentioning earlier is that you trade CJ and you trade Randall Grgic because their contracts are expiring because this this season is already lost. That the extra wins that they could get us by staying on this team for however long it would be, for the rest of the season or whatever, mm-hmm. really don't matter in the grand scheme of things because this season isn't going to end in the playoffs for the Rockies and everybody knows that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I do find it hilarious that the uh, Angels now have the trifecta. Oh, there you go. The Angels drafted Gritchik and Trout with back to back picks in 2009. Yeah, I believe I it was, about that.
0: It was Grichik like twenty fourth overall, and then Trout twenty fifth overall.
1: It's cool stuff. Uh, very different career paths, but I do find it funny that the Angels now have the trifecta of former first baseman, corner infielder for the Rockies in Mike Moustakis, CJ Crone, and then they've got old Beer League Murphy hanging out in Salt Lake.
0: Yeah, so. and then, um, Joel mentions uh Krohn was drafted by the White Sox but he also came up in the Angels organization um uh, mm-hmm. played with uh Oram he played with the Salt Lake Bees um and he made his big league debut with the Angels so it's cool that he's back there uh as a as a key contributor and I I hope they I hope the Angels do make the playoffs that'd be very cool not only for the Angels yeah. and their fans but for for Moose and for Gritch and for CJ
1: Yeah yeah Crone was in the first round in 2011 by the Angels at a university university of Utah. So cool stuff. Good for them. And I'm sure they're excited to be back there.
0: But anyways, Uh quick, quick correction. He was drafted by the white Sox first, but did not
1: sign. And then was drafted by the angels. Yeah. Fun stuff. And then we come to the day of the deadline here, Evan, uh, August 1st. This is when the dust settled. They were, not as busy as we maybe hoped they would, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first, going back with the Braves, all reliable, good old rock, all reliable, predictable Bart. Always chooses rock. Goes back to Brad Hand. Send him over to the Braves for Alec Bar- Barger Barger? Barger? Berger? We'll learn how to say these guys' names. Uh, but right-handed reliever currently down in double A. Uh, he's enjoying a good season here in double A. It's kind of been rough here but uh was like an outfielder also in college, but he's a reliever full time now and enjoying one of his best seasons this year with down in AA with Mississippi and uh a, sol- a nice solid pick. He's not gonna he's not a high end prospect dazzle us, but for Brad Hand and a lot of the the bill that was gonna come due with Brad Hand with his option becoming a mutual option now. With the Braves, since he was traded, that's worth seven million. With a five hundred dollar or five hundred dollar five hundred dollar buyout would be amazing. A five hundred k buyout, <laughs> and the Braves must be footing that bill, so they'll eat that. Wasn't owed a lot this season because he was just on that two million dollar contract overall. But a solid reliever who wasn't in their top thirty or anything, but a nice solid reliever for Brad Hand, who we got way more out of that we probably thought of in performance this season. Definitely. And and I think a big thing that
0: um hampered the any sort of a Brad Hand trade was that mutual option for next year cuz it it's a hefty option. Mm-hmm. And I think that all, a lot of teams probably weren't willing to bite on that um or willing to part with a uh, a higher ranked or ranked at all prospect in order to make that trade. But the Braves are capable of footing the bill. They have the money for it. And Alex Barger is not not at all a bad return. Uh, 25 years old, was drafted in the 17th round by the Braves out of North Carolina State. And uh, like you said, having a having a decent overall year in double A with the Braves with uh with double A Mississippi, ERA of 3.29 in 30 appearances. He's he's a reliever through and through. Uh 38 and one-third innings, 21 uh walks to 48 strikeouts. So he could definitely get that. Uh, get that walk rate down but he's got a a k through nine in his last three seasons of 11 or higher Uh, and this year currently sitting at 11.3 so he's got good strikeout stuff and that's definitely something the rockies have been uh, hopefully intentionally focusing on is a lot of the guys are picking up have good strikeout potential Mm -hmm. of no more of this oh we're the rockies so we have to get sinker ballers and pitch low in the zone for ground ball contact we need guys that can pound the zone and get strikeouts.
1: While also being able to get ground balls. Like instead of, like we said, the cookie cutter approach Mm -hmm. where there's more ways to pitch than just trying to get a ground ball every time because uh, opposing teams pick up on that. And when they see the same kind of pitcher, that's when they kind of do really good hitting against you. (laughs) So you're good to see that. And or he'll know double a, he might be big league ready, He's on that kind of older end. Some of these guys are on that 26, 27 range. Um, They're just a step away from being in the big leagues, Uh, especially when you're getting guys in double-A, obviously triple-A. They can be immediate contributors within 2024 or even 2025. Um, I also agree. Just get the best pitchers possible there, Will. We do the best we can. Definitely. I...
0: I like the trade overall and I'm, you know, Brad, Brad hand was one of the guys where, um, you know, he, he needed to, needed to, uh, get moved on from, um, like most of the other guys. And and we'll talk about this later is the majority of the guys that we traded are guys that were not going to be back next year. And, and they were brought in, uh, in on low risk contracts and then moved for, uh move for good returns and Brad Hand uh is now continues to be a great answer for Immaculate Grid and has played for
1: every organization in the National League East. There we go. He's right behind old Dick Mountain himself, who's now with the Padres.
0: Which that's a that's a strange trade. They the Padres didn't do a lot this deadline, but they still made some moves that make me make you think they're going to try and make a final push to get to the postseason. But it's an uphill
1: battle for them. Yeah, and you know, we'll get into that maybe a little later <laughs> here. Uh, but yeah, Brad Hand, Alec Barger, last one. Uh, we did a little interdivisional trade here with sending some cash over to the Dodgers for that left-handed pitcher. This is like right after Brad Hand. I was in the just finishing up the Brad Hand article when this news popped of Justin Briel from the Dodgers for some cash. Uh, left-handed reliever just in his third big league season. He spent parts of the previous two years, debuted in 2021. Pretty cool story for him. He was an amateur free agent, signed with the Dodgers in 2017, debuted in 2021, and pretty solid lefty. Kind of fits into that Brent Suter. Debra, he's not in you know, the high 80s. Oh, eighty-eight 88 or so, but he's got a good control of his pitch mix, good movement on everything. Uh, He's been tough on lefties, especially this season. And it was just a matter of, oh, with the Dodgers organization, they acquired Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly, needed to make room on the roster. And so he gets DFA'd along with uh, another guy. And so Rockies might as well dip into that Dodgers, Dodgers system and pull out a guy and see what you can get for him. Exactly. And,
0: room. you know, you, you can't let the the fact that he was designated for assignment fool you into thinking that he is a bad pitcher because granted relatively small sample size in his career, he's got uh, 65 total appearances out of the bullpen uh, and uh, 65 total appearances, uh, 63 of which are out of the bullpen and two start surprisingly uh, for about 66 and two thirds total innings uh career ERA of 3.65 uh, uh, 43 strikeouts that's really really not bad at all and this year as well having a pretty overall solid season 20 appearances out of the Dodgers bullpen for an ERA of four, 4.07 uh 19 strikeouts in 24 and a third innings uh positive worth positive war out of the the Dodgers bullpen he really is just a casualty of the the Dodgers were adding some higher quality arms and they had to clear the roster space. And so the Rockies make that DFA waiver trade for him. And I think that's going to be a really solid uh, move. We're probably going to see him in the near future. Mm -hmm. uh, Relatively speaking, he he is a, a big league level, you know, soft tossing lefty reliever. He's not going to stay in AAA for super long. I assume that there's just some other stuff that needs to get sorted out in terms of how this roster is, how this roster is built right now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he had a really solid minor league career as well Uh, in his entire minor league career. He already 3.49.
1: Not too shabby. No, not at all. Yeah. And another lefty, which seems to be the Rockies Achilles heel is they just don't really have a lot of lefties readily available, especially reliever lefties. There's been, like, Lucas Gilbreth, but his arm had to get fixed. And then it was just Brad Hand and Brent Suter this year because Austin Gomber's our starter. So it's just a good depth piece, even just from the left side of another lefty reliever that you can pull up on sometime when you need them. Yeah, probably if September at the latest... No early September. Oh, for sure. Rosters expand because he's already on the forty man. So we shall see. Uh, but Evan, that kind of think kind of transitions us into that next topic thing of the moves the Rockies didn't make and who's still around when the dust settled. Still have Brent Suter, which and eh, whatever uh, Harold Castro and Jerks and Profar. You can also throw in like Elise Diaz, Daniel Bard. Uh, but we figured those two were sticking around too, as well as Charlie Blackman. But anything, I guess I can ask this question to you, is anything that surprised you with who didn't get traded?
0: Not really. I was sort of holding out hope that we would move um, move really any of those guys, but I knew that they would all sort of be long shots. Uh, Brent Suter is here on not particularly a lot of money. And has sort of uh, bought into the Rockies system. Um, He's one of those, he wants to be here guys. You know, he likes being here. He likes pitching for the Rockies. And when the Rockies hear that, that means they try and keep them around. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not surprised at all. My guess is that they're going to try and extend Suter at some point uh, down the line and not let him you know, walk at the end of the season or anything like that. Not a surprise for me though. I was definitely holding out that maybe they would do it. Um, Also not really surprising is that jerks and Profar and Harold Castro were not moved. Um, They don't represent a ton of value, but I was hoping that a team would (laughs) take a flyer on them because I'm sorry, but post deadline there is, and we'll talk about this a little more in a little bit. There is no reason for either of them to be on this team anymore. Uh-huh. They are, they are just roadblocks for younger players, um, but you know that's where we're at. And then I knew, uh, I knew Daniel Barton and Elias Diaz would not get
1: moved, not in a million years. Uh-huh. Yeah, like the guys that had the most value are the guys the Rockies want to hold on to, anyway. And so it was just sort of, sort of just trimming off the fat uh, and everything, which yeah. It's better than nothing. That's the takeaways. This was better than nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like I said earlier,
0: we traded four guys, which was more than I asked for.
1: Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> definitely more action than we've seen in years at the trade deadline. And, yeah. and if you count Moose, then we traded five guys. Yeah, I count them June and July. It all counts together. It all blends but it's Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. I, 50 First Dates? No, the movie Blended. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's another rom-com of Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, and they go to Africa. Oh.
0: Blended. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's a wonderful film. It's okay. Are, uh, no, that's high praise for you know recent Adam Sandler films. It's about like every other Adam Sandler movie. But the what, what really is going to be important now is what the Rockies do with these guys that they didn't trade. Um, Brendan Rodgers is back. There is officially no need for Harold Castro on this team.
1: Except that he's left-handed and he's our only other center fielder. Except we have other guys who can do that in the minors. No, they have to grow, Evan. They're not allowed to be on the big league <laughs> roster yet, and and Jerkson profar.
0: Um, you know, I hate to say it, but just his he's not really a good contributor on either side of the ball defensively.
1: He is pretty he's bad. Sort of, yeah. You know, he's sort of coasting at this point in the season because at the beginning of the year, we we're like, he's playing some pretty good defense, he's making all these cool plays, you know, it's pretty solid but now we're just like, what is he doing out there? It's looked
0: it's looked like he's not really putting in a lot of effort when he's out there. Like, he's he's not legging out the ground balls anymore. He's not really, really going after those plays in left field. And, you know, by metrics, by DRS, he's one of the worst left fielders in the league. Mm-hmm. He's one of the worst fielders in the league by uh, outs above average. He's, he's just not been been good and we're at the point where i don't see a reason for him to still be here and he's starting tonight's game and i don't know why (laughs) because because he's getting paid too but at this point the rockies just need to eat the money Mm -hmm. and you know you designate him for assignment and you get those younger guys back in there, especially with guys like, you know, Sean Bouchard is rehabbing in the Arizona Com- complex league and could be back at some point in the season. You have uh, outfielders in the minors like Cole Tucker and Jimmy Heron, who are both, um, who are both, um, both, I think ready for a big league shot. Uh, Will mentions, Oh, look, the, the off the field things that we've heard about Profar showing up for like the sixth time is um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. And it's you, you look at, you know, there was a reason why Profar hadn't been signed that late into spring training. And
1: uh-huh. then
0: we went and we overpaid for him.
1: hmm uh-huh. Yeah, and there's like he's it's not like he's a huge waste of space. It's like he's contributed some stuff. He'll get his hits and stuff, but it's sort of like it's nothing mind blowing. We're like, Yeah, we could just have Nolan Jones and Michael Tolley out there. You know, something like that. We could have Cole Tucker up on the big league roster and you know giving him a shot to find himself a contract somewhere else after the season, type of thing. But what if here's a conspiracy theory of hope. What if he tanked his own value because he likes being in Colorado with Hensley Mullins and now he's just gonna pop off for the rest of the season?
0: I mean, if he pops off for the rest of the season, then Great, but overall, it's fairly meaningless (laughs) because he's
1: not going to be here next year. No, he's going to find his way to get back on the roster. If He's going to be like, Hensley, don't let me leave. I've got nowhere else to go. If Jerickson Profar
0: is on the roster next year, we are in big trouble. And any and all praise that I have given Bill Schmidt this episode will go out the window. <laughs> no, he's a good clubhouse guy. I'm sure he is. He's a so grinder. Are a, so are a lot of other guys on this team. And a lot of guys. Cole Tucker is wildly popular down with his teammates down in Albuquerque. Yes. And he probably has a personality. And I think he's far more deserving right now of the playing time.
1: <laughs> Please don't let him be our next Drew B. Tara I agree. Unless no, Austin wins is our new Drew Butero. You mean the guy who he looks like he always has the cry filter?
0: Yeah, he always looks so sad. <laughs> Not as sad as um. Oh, who's that? Uh, who's that pitcher for the Astros who looks just comically sad? I don't know. I think it might be. I think his name is like Javier or something. Christian Javier. No. But if you look at his his portrait on MLB. He looks just, he looks like he had his heart broken. <laughs> Probably did. Yeah, um, that, that is true. Favor of the manager does only count for a little bit. Otherwise, Alexi Amarista would still be here. Because we yeah. know how much Buddy loved Little Ninja.
1: And where did he go after that? We don't know. Legend says you can still hear him playing baseball when the moon is out. Where did he go after that? Didn't he go overseas? Let's find uh, out. He disappeared into the wilderness, never to be heard again.
0: Alexi Amarista. So,
1: 2017 with the Rockies was his
0: last time playing big league ball.
1: hmm Let's see here. But, but overall, while you're looking that up, uh, the hope is now... It's kind of like what kind of happened with Jose Iglesias last year where he just sort of like sees that playing time diminish more and more, partly whether it was an injury and they're just keeping him out longer because of that injury or they see the playing time start to diminish because, yeah, we got to see these younger guys get more action, get their reps. Nolan Jones, Michael Tolia, Lars Montero. No, those three guys are going to be playing more getting the bulk of of things, and Charlie Blackman's going to be back, we assume, if his hand hasn't fallen off. Uh, All those kinds of things. Some of those guys, there's some guys down in AAA that are knocking on the door that we want to get a look at. So his days may be numbered. It just depends. And if things kind of keep going south or if there's other problems that maybe arise, then Profar will probably – might say goodbye to him, uh, but we never know because it seems like the Rock, <laughs> at least the players in the dugout, are, it always seems like they like they liked Profar, so who knows?
0: Yeah, uh, so Alexei Amarista has played some, he signed a brief minor league deal with the Phillies uh, in 2018 and played 51 games for the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Um He's played a bunch of Atl- He's played a decent amount of ball in the Atlantic Independent League with the New Britain Bees and the Gastonia Honey Hunters. <laughs> um, mostly, he has been playing in the Venezuelan League, uh, with his main team being the Tigres de Aragua. And he played as recently as the 2022-2023 season with them, where he hit two ninety-seven, three fifty-seven, four eleven. Mm-hmm. And he did have a little bit of that sneaky pull pop with four
1: home runs in fifty-five games. Woohoo. Uh so good having for do, ninja. Having done every Rocky ever, it's alarming of how many guys just like randomly saw their careers end with the Rockies and just went on to do nothing anywhere else. Oh, I think a large, not a large part of it,
0: but part of it is, you know, we did used to have this reputation of we can be where hitters can go to revive their career. There's a lot that didn't, but yeah, there's a lot that didn't (laughs) sometimes. I mean, I feel like there's, there's tons of teams that are that, uh, I, I sincerely doubt it's just a Rockies thing, but we get overexposed to it as Rockies fans. And especially with you doing every Rocky
1: ever. Mm Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. Uh, new episode coming out. We'll do it on Thursday. Yeah this um, this
0: episode for those who aren't um, listening live. You know, if, if you're not listening live, this information is not helpful to you. But will be uh, will be made available online uh, tomorrow. But the, it really is. I'm I'm frustrated that Profar is in the lineup tonight at all. I know that the Rockies weren't going to just immediately DFA him after not trading him. And we don't know if they even tried to trade him or if anyone was interested at all. But at some point, Profar's got to go.
1: Yeah. He'll, my, he'd play out August. And then if things are getting even worse, you know, and he's doing, not contributing much, then yeah. Or it could be one of those things is September's getting closer um, and we're not going anywhere. You can kind of DFA him and then he can go sign on, see if he can sign on somewhere with a contender. You know, yeah. Kind of like Jose Iglesias did a few years ago when he was out there with the Angels and stuff. Yeah, so. and it's
0: the same for for Castro. Um, Harold Castro is going to become more and more redundant with Brandon Rogers back, like I mentioned. But also Coco Montes has been promoted to the active roster again. And... Alan Trejo is still on the roster. There's only so many utility guys that you can have right now. Mm -hmm. And when one of them is 31, 32 years old, you know, it
1: should be an obvious choice who the odd man out is. Yeah. But unfortunately, sometimes it's not that obvious for some of the decision makers. But, oh well. Uh, Overall, what would you grade this uh deadline i would give it a solid b yeah that's probably done
0: more probably should have done more but did way more than expected and did a good job with what they did
1: yeah i'll give them that b minus b not too shabby and it's like if oh if none of these guys really pan out uh, hopefully you hit on at least one of them in some way No, even some of those higher ranked prospects if you can hit on them Mm -hmm. but even if you miss on most of them you didn't give up that much to bring them in and take a flyer on these guys yeah you Um, at least tried it's not like the Nolan Arenado trade where Troy Tulewitzki where you look at the returns or like Ubaldo Jimenez that trade and you look at the returns you're like what in the world did we get
0: nothing Um, basically
1: nothing and and that's the way the Arenado trade is has kind of been pretty much overall where you've like we haven't gotten anything out of this yeah so uh, minus austin
0: gomber who's been much improved recently yeah but we need a, a full season of this from austin gomber yeah versus a couple months of it
1: we're like yeah and it's like none of these guys are like a hall of famer guy on a hall of fame track that you traded away and got a bunch of prospects back the aged veterans and you got to. Bunch of good uh, good little prospects that you can test out, experiment with, see if you can figure them out. If they contribute, that's great, but I'm not going to feel super bad if you no, know, if they don't pan out. It's like, "Oh, well, we tried." <laughs> As Bill Schmidt said, we tried. We tried.
0: Skylar, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> who would you say your favorite uh favorite guy that we got back in this would be?
1: Um no, I just I like that trade for Jake Madden and Mason Albright. It seems like a, a good little combo there. The guys that are they're starting and everything. I like I like some good starting pitching depth. Yeah. And that's good what the right
0: Good righty lefty one two combo with
1: yeah. Uh, both solid fastballs and a good variety of breaking stuff. Yeah. It's like would it be nice to have gotten in any of these trades like a guy that's in triple A, like on the cusp ready to contribute in the roster? or the starting rotation fairly soon yeah but again what we're working with probably wouldn't be able it'd be tough to get that and yeah
0: for example um one of the guys on my list was uh right-handed pitcher jack kachanowitz uh who's currently in double a right now uh other or uh mason erla right-handed pitcher with triple a but because those guys are so close to big league ready and the Angels are trying to push contention or to keep Shohei Otani, I'm not surprised that the Angels didn't let them go. Mm-hmm. But I think we got, and it, and while it's going to take a little bit longer for them to get to us, I think we got a, a gosh darn solid consolation in in two very good young pitchers from mm-hmm. the Angels organization. I really like
1: that move. Yeah. In total we um, traded three guys and got three pitching prospects. Not too shabby to the Angels. Angels and Braves are only trading friends. Yeah, that's a little that that is weird that we made
0: no moves with any other teams, minus the um Minus paying the Dodgers so we could have one of their guys. Which and and all I will also say I like that move a lot. Um I think Justin Brill is it can is or can be a major league quality pitcher and to pick him up basically is a cash payment waiver claim. That works just fine for me. You always mm-hmm. need
1: more pitching with this organization and they got more pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone want to ask here Evan before we close the thing out, we got about like 10 minutes or so we can go as long as we want here when we're live. Uh, and this homie's in the comments you can sound off too of what's been your uh most surprising trade? that you've seen up to this deadline around baseball in general. Uh, Because there's been a lot of crazy moves. We briefly touched on the Mets. Cardinals have been sellers. Uh, (laughs) Padres and Angels are going for it. Marlins are doing stuff. D-backs and Giants. are Basically, everybody in the NL West is going for it, except the Rockies. Which is the right move.
0: Let me say that right now. The Rockies should not have tried to go for it. (laughs) The, that would have been okay. the only thing that would have made me more mad than not doing
1: anything is if inexplicably the Rockies tried to be buyers. Mm-hmm. And we got one here. Otani staying with the Angels. For sure, I, like everybody else, we, uh, he seemed like surefire to get traded, but uh, it's understandable why the Angels would hold on to him. Yeah, that's but, that's super high on my list of surprises,
0: is that the Angels decided to be buyers uh-huh. and and really go for a playoff push. And I think it's because of the fact that I know Ar- Ar- Artie Moreno said he did not want to be the owner that traded away one of the best players of all time. That mm-hmm. uh, was one of his motivations earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. But then the Angels went on a nice little win streak um, right before the deadline. And I think they had the realization of we can get a couple things out of this. We can do a playoff push we can make Shohei Ohtani happy and then potentially be able to keep Shohei Ohtani.
1: Mhm. Yeah, those are that was a huge one for me too. And like hey, if they can go for it. Like they might as well try to prove it and then in the hopes of try to re-sign them. like hey, look look we tried this season. We're all in. We want to try and win and everything. And uh so good luck to them.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh Angels fans deserve it especially after all the ups and downs that they've had. Yeah. Uh, Will says uh, the Rangers getting Scherzer and a boatload of cash to cover him. Uh, I I was curious if the Rangers were going to go for a big name pitcher. I wasn't expecting Scherzer and I wasn't expecting the Mets to pay a ton. (laughs) <laughs> uh the big the big name in that trade for the Rangers in terms of prospect is second baseman and shortstop, Luis Angel Acuna, who is the younger brother of um of acunha Jr. in uh with the Braves. Uh and you know that's a bummer to lose him, but the Rangers organization has a really good second baseman and a really good shortstop signed long term right now in Marcus Simeon and um Corey Seeger. And they're fairly deep at middle infield in terms of prospects as well. So he is a guy that you could part with. And maybe Mm -hmm. they'll regret it later down the line, but the Rangers are showing that they are going all in.
1: Yeah, and good for them. Uh, I'm not going to be mad about a lot of teams that are on the fringe going for it. I just think it's better for baseball. And I always hate when one team immediately just retools their entire roster with two months to go. Uh, But the guys that can do it and they get Scherzer, and Lul Mets <laughs> have blown all that money that, on those two big pitchers, and now they're that both gone. Poor, poor fan base. Like they mm. thought
0: things were going to be so much different with Cohen, and <laughs> here he, they traded this year: Tommy Pham, Justin Verlander. Mark Canna, David Robinson, Max Scherzer, and Eduardo Escobar.
1: All good players. All and gone. some other relievers and stuff just around the league and <laughs> poor Mets. But yeah, that Scherzer going to the Rangers. Good for the Rangers, who have a ton of pitching now. Though no, they got Jordan Montgomery too from the Cardinals. And so just bolstering that rotation yeah. where John Gray's looking around, and he's like, I'm in some good company here. Yeah, that was and
0: that's good coverage too because Nathan A. Avaldi, who's been having a great season, uh, hitting the IL, and now they they just replenish that depth in Spades. Uh, the Cubs becoming buyers also definitely a surprise. They're another team that went on a nice little winning streak towards the deadline and decided to push in instead of trading guys like Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman. That uh-huh. was a big surprise, but I'm sure Cubs fans are definitely happy that they're trying to make a go of it especially when that um that division that nl central is totally up for grabs with yeah. the the brewers being kind of meh and the um the, rangers
1: or reds have cooled off pirates are the pirates and the, Cardinals the Cardinals are an absolute free fall yeah and that kind of ties into the whole drama with nolan Arnato a song and dance as rockies fans that we've gone through before where all the rumors swirling is he all oh, the Dodgers checked in and you no, know, he might be willing. He'd probably be willing to yeah, waive. He his, said he'd wave his no trade clause for the Dodgers. And, and I was like, he, I've seen this movie before. And he's, he's expecting, Oh, he's expecting the, uh, he's, he's purely expecting himself to be traded. He's prepared for it. Oh, he realized the business it needs to happen. And why <laughs> we see that news. Then the president comes out like, we're not trading Arenado." And we're like, is this when he says he feels disrespected and demands a trade? <laughs> no, this is what is this a live action Disney remake? I don't want this. Yeah, we'll have to wait till the off season and see what happens. Yeah, but so <laughs> I've got a card, a buddy that's a Cardinals fan, and asked him about. It, he's like, I don't like seeing every. I don't like the anxiety that comes with seeing every alert on my phone for trades. Gee, but, wonder what that's like. Yeah. Oh, it's awful
0: but uh, then will accomplish his journey eventually. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and then Eduardo Rodriguez uh, rejecting a trade to go to the Dodgers, hmm. uh, refusing to waive his no trade clause for there. Um, we saw a variety of different reasons for why. Uh, one that I laughed at was that his wife is a Padres fan, so he refused. <laughs> um, the other potential reason was that he wants to stay close to his family on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. um you know Erod came up with the Red Sox organization so that makes sense as well um but either way uh he declined and chose to stay with the Dodgers which is re- not the Dodgers stay with the Tigers over going to the Dodgers and potentially chasing a ring this year mm-hmm. which is a, not a move that you see
1: very often yeah to stick with the Tigers when you could have been traded uh but good for him uh cuz there's a, uh, I like that with no Max Scherzer's wife was pretty active on Twitter and, you know, you know, people are that there's there's more humanity behind a lot of these moves, too. These are people, they have their own reasons. Getting traded is tough for them, uh, some of them, but then all the logistics of having to move and all that stuff you know, can be really tough, not only on the players, but they have their families as well. They have kids who have been settled there. They expect to be there long term for a couple of years. Then all of a sudden, whoa, we're moving yeah uh, crazy stuff. A long time they don't have saying it. uh, is there anybody that you felt didn't do enough or could have done more uh, at this deadline to help them in their playoff pushes? The Yankees
0: the Yankees <laughs> were one of the last teams uh to be involved in the in the deadline, really at all. They really only made one trade. Um, that I can't even remember what it was right now because it wasn't a particularly interesting one. Uh, I wonder what that's like. And yeah, I, I know, right? And they're a team where they are below 500 in August for the first time since like 1992 or something <laughs> like that. Uh, and they're in last and, and also in last place in the division for the first time in like 20 years as well.
1: Oh, it's uh, uh, it. good, but that's because he is a filthy Boston Red Sox fan. Hey, uh, the Yankees, they really don't deserve any like pity for them. Yeah, <laughs> that's the shame dot give. Uh, <laughs> perfect. It's exactly how I feel like, oh, the poor met or the poor Yankees this is the same song and dance <laughs> we hear from the Yankees, and one little thing goes wrong, they're just losing their minds, collapsing because they're just not—I don't know—don't know how to cope with failure or something. Whereas I mean, it's it's like we saw fans with, are dead inside to it. It's like what we saw with Patriots
0: fans when they, you know, started not being as good after Tom Brady left. Of. You have done nothing but win for so long that you don't know how to handle failure. <laughs> Let this be a learning experience. Welcome to how the rest of the league
1: feels most of the time. Hmm. Uh. <laughs> I will say it. I wish the Orioles had been able to do more. They got yeah. Jack Flaherty, but it. I think it, that's a great move for them. I do. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like there's just one just still something missing that they could have done to just boost that. That's still ready is still a good roster, young, talented roster. And I can appreciate their kind of sticking to their plan of how they've built up and they're not going to you know immediately ship off their future for these short term, you no know, rest of the season, but still feels like there could have been no one guy you could have gotten to improve somewhere else as well. But they were linked, I know what they're doing uh, though.
0: They were linked to Verlander for a little bit. Yeah. But overall, I think it works out for the Orioles. My guess yeah. is that they didn't want to part with some of their bigger prospects um and risk completely blowing up a rebuild that they have been working on for a very yeah. long time that is starting to bear fruit, especially guys like Keston Hirstad and you know even Jackson Holiday are big leaguers as soon as next year. Yeah, And that team is just going to keep getting better with their excellent farm system.
1: And with the way everything else is going there in the American league East, where it's kind of a two pony race for that top division between them and, and Tampa Bay, which making all kinds of random moves. I'd, I'd really never pay attention to what the Rays are doing. I just look at the regular like, Oh, they're still winning. Okay. But, and then what the American, let to say the American league central, it's just like a, Black hole of stuff happening and everything. Like, who's I don't even know who's in the lead in that division anymore. Is it still the twins? I, yes. So that's the problem with that division, which I wish the Rockies could be in that division. There's like nothing ever happening there. It's like the Bermuda Triangle of baseball. Well, uh, like yeah, it but... happens, but.
0: The current top spot is the Twins at fifty three at fifty four and fifty three, followed by the Guardians at fifty three and fifty four. Mm. In the in the bottom of that division is the Royals at thirty two and seventy five. Yeah. Which oof? Uh, do we think the Angels can make a, a playoff push with all these recent trades? Honestly, yes. I think yeah. they're not going to win the division. I think that's either going to be
1: that's going um, to be from Texas.
0: Yeah, it's going to be Texas. The The Rangers and the Astros are in a dead heat for the, for the lead in the AL West. Mm-hmm. And unless both of them fall off, I don't think the Angels really have a chance to win that division. However, I do think they have a solid chance of getting it as a wild card.
1: Yes, currently in that wild card, Toronto has the third wild card spot. Then Boston's two and a half behind them. And then the Angels are three games behind Toronto. So those are
0: those are all teams to look out for. Boston really didn't do a whole lot at the deadline. Uh they picked up uh, Julio Aureus. They picked up Luis. one of the Uri- Luis Urias from the <laughs> Brewers. Brewers. Brewers, yeah, Brewers. They didn't really do a whole lot else. Um they've got Trevor Story coming back very soon. Yeah, and they like traded away Kike Hernandez. So yeah, they, they, they got rid of Kike Hernandez, which honestly works out for them because they didn't need him and he wasn't doing that good. And so they got value in return for him. And I don't know. It's it's going to be a really interesting American League wild card race. It's going to be yeah. an interesting race in, in both leagues because now you've got the, the Cubs becoming buyers in the National League as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing with the Angels... Is it's just, just trying to figure out where they're at, even with their depth wise, because they are promoting guys really quickly. You no know, recent draft picks, first rounders are getting promoted quickly, even up into the big leagues, and so and then they've made these trades with these veterans. They've got Eduardo Escobar, they've got Mustakis, Krohn, Grichik now. You know, hopefully Mike Trout comes back sometime soon, eventually. So they're getting themselves primed up. They've had a lot of bad luck with injuries as well, but they've hung in there and, you know, getting Lucas Giolito, hopefully should be a boost for that rotation, because they've got some, they've got solid pitching you've got a wild thing, closing things out in the back end of the bullpen so, they're getting nice and well-rounded out, I think uh, it's just if they can show them <laughs> if they can last out yeah. and, and finish the stay, race
0: they've got to stay healthy and they've got to keep winning important games,
1: yeah Especially, yeah, uh, also surprising that Seattle was just kind of Seattle's in that weird spot. They're still they're only three and a half back, but they've kind of turned into sellers. They turned into sellers and just kind of chopped off some pieces, yeah, they're another one where they're
0: they're they're not a bad team. They're four games over five hundred right now, but their playoff chances are a little risky because the rest of their division is so good. Mm-hmm. you know, minus the A's and. What are you, you talking know, about? The A's are good. Yeah. By how they crushed the Rockies in two yeah. games. <laughs> and, but, you know, judging by, by their moves, um, they replenished their farm a little bit by trading Paul Seawald. Um, AJ Pollock. Bummer to see Seawald go because he was pretty popular with the Mariners. Is uh as late relief in closing? Uh, Pollock never really caught on with the Mariners in terms of performance, so uh, I'm not surprised
1: they tried to move him in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. But only two more teams for A.J. Pollock. He will be your 2026 or 2025 Colorado Rocky.
0: He's getting there, Evan. A.J. Pollock, if you need an answer for Immaculate Grid, he's one of them. It's him and Brad Hand. (laughs) <laughs> guys who have just been with a ton of different teams. Um, I don't. I don't know. I feel like that really does it about does about it for trade talk. Um, Rockies are in rain delay for tonight. Uh, Tyler Kinley has been activated off of the sixty day IL and will be available out of the bullpen tonight, which is awesome. We are so so happy to hear it. Welcome back to um, welcome Mr. Back president, to Tyler Kinley. The
1: president is back. Get that mustache growing. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I was going to mention, Evan. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds didn't like do much of anything.
0: They really didn't. But I think they're they've got a similar vibe going with, with the as the Orioles. The Orioles, uh, where the Orioles are much further along in that rebuild, and the Reds are the Reds are overperforming. Um, yeah. This is kind of like the Mariners last year. The Mariners definitely overperformed last year, and that doesn't mean that they were a bad team last a worse team than they were. It's just that they did better than they were expected to, because uh-huh. they've still got this young talent coming up and they're still working their way out of that rebuild. So I think the reds did the right thing by not really uh-huh. mucking around.
1: Um, um Phillies. They got Michael Lorenzen. Not much else. That the Mariners good. would be in first place in the AL
0: central and tied for last in the AL East. Likely the weirdest I've seen the standings be. And that's saying something, says Joel. Like I said, like the AL
1: Central is just this just Bermuda Triangle there. of
0: mediocrity. You've got like, the Tigers who failed to get their way out of their rebuild and are now having to rebuild again. Mm-hmm. You've got the Guardians who are rebuilding, but they're not
1: there yet. Uh And, and they traded, they're like a, um, a team that won't take those next steps up, too. Where they're still... Are fairly working on a budget, and then they trade off, they just rely on that homegrown pitching, and And then they they trade trade off Savali, Josh Bell, and Josh Bell, Kyle Manzardo, who has a fantastic name. That's a good acquisition, though.
0: (laughs) My name is Manzardo. (laughs) And then the Royals Royals who are a train wreck, and the White Sox, who you know, if you heard the rant from um, that was on the radio a couple months ago have just been so mediocre and just failing to deliver on rebuild after rebuild for the last few decades. Uh-huh. And then you've got the Twins who, you know, they've made the playoffs a bunch, but they they just can't win
1: in the playoffs. Because uh-huh. they kept running into the Yankees. Yep. So, yeah, there's that's a whole other conversation for another day of – how baseball needs some realignment again, figure something out. Cause like you said the standings with the division winners where Oh, you win the central, you get to go to the playoffs. Oh, what's that? You lost a wild card, but still had a better record than anybody in that league. Well, you don't get to go weird. No, well someday,
0: it just means that we should add more wild card teams, right? Everybody oh, gets to go to the expansion.
1: playoffs. Turn this into a Smash Bros roster. Everybody makes the playoffs. Major League Baseball Ultimate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we just sat here for an hour, just quietly staring at each other now, and see how long people sit here. Uh, <laughs> but oh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Get that it all. engagement up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, follow me into the kitchen. I'll start making dinner, and it's nothing but a PB and J sandwich. Uh, no, I, I think that kind of covers it all, Levin. Overall, an interesting deadline. Like, and yeah. like I said before, I prefer those deadlines where it's not a whole ton of wheeling. De- I like that there's more teams going for it, just because I think that's better for baseball in general, as opposed to where it's, you know, the same three teams that are buying everybody every year, you know, where it's the Dodgers connected to every single big big uh, trade acquisition, and then they go and get them. And it's nice to see some of these teams that are, you no, know, one, just getting complimentary pieces to the rosters they've already built that have got them to that point to be buyers. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of, oh, we l- managed to limp to this point, and then we're just going to, swap out the entire roster for a bunch of big names, the best players in the league, and then shoot for the playoffs. And then, cause we know the playoffs are a crap shoot. So might as well not mortgage your future for a roll of the dice in the playoffs. Like, yeah, definitely go get those big pieces. If you can't go get a Max Scherzer, or a Justin Verlander. Yeah. Especially if the Mets are paying. Uh, but I was happy with this deadline overall. It was, not as surprising a wild and crazy as people probably thought it was because Shohei wasn't available. But overall, still pretty solid, sensible moves for a lot of people. I agree. And like I like we said,
0: the Rockies did what they needed to do. And that's really that's really what matters here. Is could they have traded more people? Yes. Could they have done more? Of course. But they at least did. Something. Not even the bare, not even the bare minimum, like they they traded four guys this deadline, which was more than we could have expected
1: there that student has who hasn't shown up to class all semester. oh, they've turned in some assignments, but when it came down to finals week, they were there, and they got that solid B on their final and passed the class with a d plus,
0: yeah, they made it they made it to the midterm, and that's what matters, <laughs> and then uh, answer this question here. I think there will be an 18 playoff at some point. Uh, I think that'll come after expansion and there's going to need to be a lot of reworking for how the playoffs are, are done and aligned Um, because with expansion is also probably going to, to come some division realignment. In addition to also needing to figure out how things are going to be, you know, seated and changed for baseball playoffs. Mm -hmm. It'll come,
1: it'll come eventually, but I don't think until after they figure that out. National League, North, South, East, West. American League, North, South, East, West.
0: question there is, though, in.
1: where would you put the Rockies? Central.
0: Whatever it is. Just don't... South.
1: No. Uh, uh, uh. Just get us out of the division with the Dodgers. Yes. We'll, we'll swap with the Braves. The Braves could be in the, the, in Braves the NL West. The we can NL, go to the NL, East. To the NL West. <laughs> And we'll I mean, go to of The Braves have
0: won the division more, more recently than the Rockies have. <laughs> Which, there's your, there's your fun fact for the day. If you didn't know it, the Atlanta Braves have won the National League West, the Colorado Rockies have not. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to start wrapping it up here. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. Um, you know, hopefully in the future, we can do a lot more of these live shows, start getting some more people in here as well. Uh, skyler has internet that works now which is awesome got that space internet yeah he's uh he's getting beamed up to space and and you know this is this is content that we love doing like these kind of reactions and and talking about it where you know for for our recorded shows we try and do the same thing of trying and be like you know it, it's very conversational versus trying to have it be scripted and just like well here are the points we want to hit on so let's Let's go for it and see where the conversation takes us. But then, you know, these these live things are also really fun because we get to interact with you guys as the viewers and listeners. And um, it's even more kind of light and breezy than what we normally do. So hopefully we'll have more of these in the future. In the meantime, though, Skylar, where can the folks find
1: you at? Oh, man, there's too many to name off nowadays. (laughs) Uh, Main one's Twitter or X. I'm not calling it X. They got made to take the sign down. I'm not calling it X. <laughs> it's like the Kenny Rogers chicken sign in Seinfeld. Uh, it probably fried Elon Musk's brain. But oh, you can his, find me over on his, it's, his it's already was been fried, fried long before that. <laughs> <laughs> but you can find me over on Twitter or X uh, for. Uh, that's so stupid. At sideline underscore crowd. Uh, you can also find uh, the Every Rocky Ever at Every Rocky Ever. Just the way it sounds and spelled, you can. Uh, we'll have a new podcast episode coming out this week. We have Patrick Lyons of DNVR Rockies on the show with us this week. It's a lot. We have a lot of fun. He shares a lot of good, you know, just little fun facts about the guys he wanted to talk about: John Vanderwall and Brian Fuentes. And then find me on Threads at Silent Underscore Crowd, and then over at Blue Sky if you're on there. Uh, it's S Timmins T I M M I N S thirteen at blue sky social all that stuff dot bsky dot social
0: they got shortened that up somehow they really do we talked about this a little bit at the end of end of the show for yesterday but all these like centralized social media things you know mastodon and um and blue sky they really need to figure out just like a simple username system because having to add that part at the end is ridiculous stupid
1: it is stupid. Like I'm 13
0: like years old playing Halo on the Xbox. I'm XX XXGodslayer3269420XX.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, but what about you? I'm working the folks find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and at threads at at Evan underscore Lang two seven and on blue sky at Evan Lang two seven dot BSKY dot social. You can also find us Rocky Mountain Rooftop on Twitter. That's at Rocky Mountain Rooftop at R-O-C-K-Y-M-T-N Rooftop. Uh, always love to hear from you. You know, both of us are always writing and posting stuff on Purple Row as well uh, at Purple Row on Twitter, www.purplerow.com. <laughs> Uh, also, starting to post more material on the Fans First Sports Network website, which is ffsn.app. Uh, all podcasts get posted there as well. And uh, we're working on getting some more written content up there as well, as that site is sort of uh, working its way out the gate in terms of being a thing. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, If you ever ever have any questions that you want to be answered on a podcast or in a mailbag segment, you are welcome to leave them as a comment on the uh, podcast postings for Purple Row or shoot us
1: a message at the Rocky Mountain Rooftop Twitter, and we will do our best to get it in the show. And thank you all for tuning in with us and listening to our shenanigans, interacting with us. Uh, We really appreciate it. You don't know how much we appreciate those that are loyal listeners and supporting us in our little shenanigans here. You guys just listened to us talk for an hour and seventeen
0: minutes and counting. Mm-hmm. I can't even get my family to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh goodness! They either hate themselves or they really like listening to Rockies baseball. But I mean, could be a little of both if you're a Rockies fan,
0: probably. I Uh, went to two Rockies games this weekend against the Oakland Athletics, one in which we got absolutely curb stomp and one in which we won two to nothing. So that's baseball. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure I got food poisoning from a fancy ham sandwich.
1: And that's the parting message here about this trade deadline. Never trust a fancy ham sandwich. (laughs) All right, let's close this
0: out. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful night. Farewell. X. (laughs) We're going to get banned for throwing up gang signs. Oh,
1: I haven't even started yet.